for me, I think he's he's the best since Sam Kinison at yelling. I just love to hear him <laughs> yell at people. There are certain movies, and this is one of them, that really affects me for that reason. It's the, the recurring nightmare oh, yeah. that I have. It, Plus, it's so sweaty. This movie is so <laughs> sweaty. Sound designer Damian Volpe says he will not reveal how they got the sounds. He will take the secret to his grave. Yikes. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Fright Club Live from Gateway Film Center on the campus of The Ohio State University in Columbus. And I know we've got some longtime Fright Clubbers here. Welcome back. We've got some first-timers here. So in case you didn't know, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com and columbusunderground.com and every Friday morning on Good Day Columbus. And we just figured this out. As of next month. That's right, January. Ten years of Fright Club. Ten, Ten years of Fright Club years. Live. That's right. Thanks to you. So we're planning on some extra special fun next month. But we started it a little bit with this month because, as you might see here off to uh, my right, we've got some sweet movie swag to give away a little bit later. Everybody, does everybody have a raffle ticket? If you didn't, we won't give these away till after. You come down and get one. But uh, we've got some cool swag to give away. Can so we that, tell them what it is? Sure. So we have a Bo is Afraid t-shirt. <gasps> We have an Amazon Prime Advent calendar. So there is something for all of the days of Advent behind the little uh, door. That correspond to one of their movies. Right. We also have a box from Creed 3. That is a, there's a nice note in there where they make a, a nice donation in, in the name of giving us that box. And a really nice water bottle that has like a it's the like, foam It's also roller. a roller. Oh my God, it's super nice. Plus it's a weapon. You should see this thing. If yeah. you, I mean, it, you win it. I mean, you're, you're set. And we have a 4K of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Both of them. Both yeah, of the Spider-Man. Yeah. It's a dual pack. And a dual pack. So cool stuff. That We'll take care of that uh, after, after the movie. But uh, welcome back. And last month we had a nice turnout and really a nice... Nice support for the movie Border. Yes. I was so happy. It just seemed like everybody really enjoyed that movie, and I was so glad because it's just the loveliest, weirdest movie. And we talked about love stories, which um, uh, was really fun. And immediately, immediately, somebody said The Fly. I forgot yeah. about The Fly. Brundlefly. Brundlefly. And that is like such a lovely, tragic, mullet-driven love story. <laughs> That I'm sorry I forgot it. And then online somebody said, now this is much more of a romantic love story, and it never sort of it never sort of occurs to me as a horror film, although it's a monster. Anyway, the shape of water, obviously a love oh, story. Oh yes. A super romantic monster having sex with you love story that right. I totally should have concluded. Right. At least, you know, in the script notes. Those are good ones. And also a special thanks to our friend Timothy Troy, because mm -hmm. we've started the last few months, we started showing sh short films before the feature here. Yep. And last month we showed Timothy from, uh, from Crazy Little Monster Productions, we showed his short Ding Dong. Yes. Which was a lot of fun. I love that short. Yes. I mean, that was, I think, the first one of his that, I've se that I saw. We saw it at Nightmares Film Festival a uh -huh. few years ago. I have always loved it. And he's such a good dude. Um, and they're a great follow. Because they are. Uh, to follow them on YouTube, 
YouTube because they always, I mean, they post a lot of really like super short shorts, like one minute. Two minutes, two, yeah, yeah one, two minutes. And they're all fantastic. Very it's, cool. it, they're one of my favorite, uh, they might be my favorite people that we follow on YouTube actually because it's just super fun. Yeah. And we, in, uh, in accordance with that, we have another great short film to show tonight. We do. And this one um, actually really matches the theme. I'm excited to finally have done that. Usually what I do is match up like how long is this short versus how long is this feature? Like that's always the first thing I'm right. thinking. But in this case, uh, it actually actually mis really matches the theme. And it's Rakefet Abergel's Boo, which uh, we loved. We saw it again. We saw it at Nightmares Film Festival. It's so much fun. And we really appreciate that she shared it with us. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. So that's going to be good. Uh, we'll show that again right before the feature. But uh, we're, we're talking about alcoholics in horror, drunks, if you will. Drunks. In horror. And boy, that's some fertile ground, really. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's some fertile ground pretty much anywhere. But uh, we've got, <laughs> bingo, we've got uh, five that made the, the final list. But we've got a bunch of also-rans. So you want to run those down? Yeah. We have a little collage of some of our favorites. So McCready... Obviously, who um, I you know, you think as much as he drank that, he he, he probably I'm surprised he didn't freeze to death, uh, but he's a good looking drunk, so we got to get him here. Um, Baby Jane, that was what, uh, yeah. whatever happened to Baby Jane? Bet Mid or Bet Midler? Oh my God, <laughs> Betty Davis is super fun. She should remake it though. She would make a good Baby Jane. Betty Davis was so much fun in that, and I just loved every time she was drinking, which is which is one of my favorites. One of my other favorites Tag though. Horror. Yeah, I love hag horror, actually. Um, Mrs. Mack from uh, Black Christmas. Yeah. We're all watching yeah. Black Christmas right now, and we're all remembering how hilarious she was with her little bottles stashed mm -hmm. all over the house. I love that character anyway. She's one of my favorite characters. And then also, of course, I can't think of uh, Gary Busey's name in... Thank you. Uncle Red in Silver Bullet, and oh, he was yes. he was very very much fun. He was easily the best character in that movie. He was hilarious easily. and drunk all the time. And I love when a movie gives you like the character you want the kids to spend the most time with is just a lush. That's always fun. And the one, believably, you don't want them to spend time with is the priest. And <laughs> zinger. Finally, everyone in Grabbers. Yeah. <laughs> So much fun, Grabbers. That movie is so much fun. So they were the they were they just missed it. They just missed the final list right there. All right, so that's the uh, just just barely made it, but uh, good ones to talk about. So we'll move up to the five that did, and this one, boy, this one is from a movie that we've maybe only talked about once or twice, maybe, but it's a yeah. crazy-ass movie. Yes, it is. And it's from 1971. Which is such a great year for crazy-ass movies. It really is. After a bad gambling bet, a school teacher is marooned in a town full of crazy, drunk, violent men who threaten to make him just as crazy, drunk, and violent. It's the character of John Grant in Wake in Fright. New to the Yabba? New to the Yabba. Like the old place? No, I think it's bloody awful. You don't like the Yabba? No. Will you have a drink? No, I'm toying with this one, thanks. Well, drink it down, I'll buy another. Look, I'm flat broke and I can't afford to drink. What's that gonna do with that man? I said I'd buy you a drink. You don't have to buy me one. Now drink it down. 
This whole movie is like one of those nightmares you have where you're stuck somewhere and you can't get out. And your feet, you're trying to run, but you're going so slow. This guy can't get out of the Yaba. You don't like the Yaba? <laughs> Need more time than that. See the Yaba. <laughs> That's one of my recurring nightmares. And I'm always in my hometown. And I can't leave. Like, everywhere I go, I turn up this road, and uh, I'm still seeing Calvert High School in front of me. And and so there are certain movies, this is one of them, that really affects me for that reason. It's the, the recurring nightmare oh, yeah. that I have. It, Plus, it's so sweaty. This movie is so sweaty. <laughs> it is sweaty, and it's just nuts. And it's over the years, it st- started really slowly out of the gate in the early 70s, but it's develops a cult following. And uh, actually, the the first choice of the director to play John Grant was Michael York. Big, oh, yeah. Pretty big star back at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he kind of looks like this guy. And he uh, declined. He passed on it. And then later, he said that was one of his biggest regrets in his entire career, passing on this film. Yeah, because it, it's so great. You know, this guy, he's he's uh, he's a teacher, but he's sort of like he owes his entire college tuition back to the government. So they get to decide where he's going to go repay them. Then they stick him in this little podunk town. And so he he takes a train to go to Sydney to see his girlfriend for the holidays. And he just he doesn't want to go back. He hates it. And then he just he has to spend one night in the Yabba, which is like everybody's most uh, very specific nightmare of what? Australia might really be like. And then it's like it's nothing but these like laughing, menacing drunks who yeah. just, you know, give him a hard time until he's one of them, until he's just drinking and he's shooting at stuff and he's, yeah. oh my God. And then Donald Pleasance pops up for a second. That's never good. <laughs> Terrible things follow Donald Pleasance from film to film. It is so much like creepy, creepy, tense fun. Yeah, and I love this story. Um, according to the director, uh, Ted Kotcheff, mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of directors in attendance during the film screening at the Cannes Film Festival in 71, including a young director who sat right behind him and kept excitedly making comments like, wow, wow, what a scene. I didn't expect that. This is great. This director is going to go all the way. And he asked the PR person, who was that? It was a young Martin Scorsese. Scorsese loves this movie. Who We know not to sit in front of Scorsese at films <laughs> because he talks all the way through them. Other than that, I'm he's all right. I'm surprised he could see it. I mean, uh, yeah. he should sit up front. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really become quite a quite a, a cult favorite because I remember the first time I saw it. It really wasn't that long ago. The first no, time no, I saw it, yeah. it was just just crazy. Yeah, you're just so tense, so tense. Yeah, it's very tense, so tense. Even when the guy is trying to buy him a a beer, it's it's <laughs> violently. I'm violently yeah. buying you a beer. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you're gonna take it and you're gonna like uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Wake in fright, John Grant, and of course that character name immediately makes me think of Silence of the Lambs. Cause that's one of the aliases mm-hmm. that he's. You've heard of John Grant, James yeah. Gum, yeah, Jamie Gum, um, from '71. Wake in fright, number five. All right, we're gonna get moving. We got a movie to show. Let's go up to uh, number four. This is one from 1995 and features one of our favorites, favorite genre actors. Set in a gritty real-life New York City, alcoholic Sam meets up with a modern-day succubus who marks him and controls his will. As his world unravels, he slowly figures out what is happening, has to figure out what to do. Larry Fessenden as Sam in Habit. The less you know about me, the longer you can stay interested. Might have something to hide? No. I've never seen her eat. I've never seen her drink. I've never seen her smoke. I've never seen her once. Not once in the daylight. I'm 
95, that was another great year, actually, especially for, like, really indie films. This mm. is, like, a super great New York indie. Oh, it's, you know, we talk a lot of times about new uh, movies that have, really, New York as a character. Yeah. This, this is one. Yeah. New York is so prevalent in this yeah. movie. And it's also, if we ever do um, a podcast on missing teeth, this will <laughs> be in that. And he just really did. You know, uh, Fessenden lost uh, one of his front teeth and just thought, yeah, I'm going to go with that for this because he plays an alcoholic. And it's one of the it's one of the movies. Often, you know, vampirism, y- you know, it tends to to um, fill in for it's a metaphor for addiction in mm-hmm. a lot of also also in the film addiction that we showed last year, which was a New York set film, I think, in 95 as well. You know, I, I think it's an easy um, metaphor for different types of addiction. And it just works so perfectly in this movie. And this movie, the whole thing feels in completely improvised. You know, it's got this really vibrant, improvisational style to it. It's a really stylish movie. I just love this. And I love Fessenden in this. Yeah, and he wrote it and directed it. Yeah, he did. Right, so this mm-hmm. is a very uh, kind of a one-man show in that regard. But he, you know, he's popped up over the years in so many in so many genre favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to go back, if you've known him in other roles and other films, most of the time secondary characters, to go back and watch this. This, if you haven't seen it, so this yeah. is this is his baby all the way. Oh yeah, and it's such it's just a really really well made. It's it's just got such a great timestamp to mm-hmm. it. You know, it, yeah. it re- it's a, just such a vivid image of what it was like to watch independent films in 1995. It was yes. just glorious, and it's shot in 45 days over a three month period. Mm. Sort of a independent guerrilla type of production, yeah. and that is the character Sam Larry Fessenden in Habit from '95. That's number four. Uh, so moving up to number three, now this is the one we're going to show tonight, so we won't talk much about it. Terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall, struggles to remind himself there is no such thing as werewolves in the Wolf of Snow Hollow. This is scary. It's new. I never saw a body like that. There's going to be a lot of late nights in overtime because of the brutal murder that happened in town. And I didn't want to set up expectations that I can't keep. Our expectations of you are very low. Spans of the bites are gigantic. Same as the distance of the paw prints. It's a wolf. Or maybe it's a werewolf. Where were you? Where were you? John, none of you talk to me at once, okay? They're saying it's a wolf. No, it's a man. When do I get to be right about something? You want to be sheriff? How about we start acting like one? Love, love, love this movie so much. Uh, back just from 2020. Uh, Jim Cummings, of course, as John Marshall. How many people have already seen this? Okay, okay, good number. Maybe about half. Um, love, love, love it. And I remember when we first saw it, it struck us so much that it's so similar to Jim Cummings' other movie, Thunder Road. And it almost seems, and often, oftentimes throughout the movie, like it's a remake of Thunder Road with werewolves. With werewolves. We're all for that. Oh, yeah, that's a plus. <laughs> that's a plus in our book. Yeah, we did love Thunder Road. I mean, Thunder Road is a great movie. And Jim Cummings, he's such a, he's such a compelling, flawed uh, uh, lead in, in both of the movies. Um, he has such great diatribes in he this does. movie. He's, I love when he yells. I do too. Just out of nowhere just starts yelling. Yeah, but the whole cast and, and the snow, as I've said uh, many times, we've both said, I love a pop of blood on snow. Mm-hmm. It just looks so good. It's really beautiful. This movie is really gorgeous and it's so funny. Yeah, and I think, I believe it was Robert Forster's last film. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, um, and so we're not going to say anything more. Nope. Uh, please come down though after if we want to get your, your take on it. We'll get you on the podcast, whether you've seen it before or not. We'd love to have you come down and discuss 
podcast afterwards. All right, so we'll move on. That's number three, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Moving up to number two. Oh, this is another favorite from 2019. Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Thomas Howard and Thomas Wake from the lighthouse. Let me just take this moment to remind you that Robert Eggers' Nosferatu is scheduled to come out next Christmas. Cannot wait. Thank you, Santa Claus. We love this movie yes, so much we do. for so many reasons. Um, it's just, God, it's just fantastic. Every it time is. I see the trailer, I'm like, let's just watch it. That's right. Let's just watch it now. <laughs> it is It is super fun, and, uh, and it's one of those movies where, you know, when you just look at the water, you're like, I, I'm not surprised that they decide they're just going to drink this liquor the entire time that they're there. But it does strike me pretty quickly on, no, that was a bad decision. That was a poor choice. They made a lot of poor choices. They did. Yeah, the wikis. The wikis. Yeah. Every time you see it, I think I've only seen it maybe three times, but it just reveals new things every it does, time. Yeah. You know, you can dive into the Greek mythology of it. You can drive you can dive into the alcoholism mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. You can dive into the flatulence. <laughs> um, if you want I would rather not. And by the way, I, d- I dug up this <laughs> nugget. This is great. The audio, apparently the audio of the farts were added in post production. They did not originate in a sound library, and sound designer Damian Volpe says he will not reveal how they got the sounds. He will take the secret to his grave. Yikes. <laughs> the sound design, though, for this movie is Oh, my is God, insane. the sound design. You know, with the foghorn. Fog oh, my God. That's a character in itself, yeah, it is. the foghorn I mean, in this movie. It, you know, it's a funny movie. It's a weird movie, but it is gorgeous. It's a stunning film. It is. And if you think about the alcoholism angle, it's just really... One of the facets of them going going mad. Oh yeah, just going insane. Yeah, it is one of the all time great descent into madness films. It totally is. Yeah, and also he was so hurt about the lobster. He really Wasn't was. He? It really so hurt, hurt his feelings. Willem Dafoe was so hurt that he didn't like his lobster. <laughs> That's oh man, love that movie so much. But yeah, it can be. It, it is can, the movie with the best memes. A lot of great memes. Yeah, a lot of great memes. A lot of great memes. It's just <laughs> uh, there's a lot to to add to it, and I cannot wait for uh, Eggers' take. On Nosferatu. No. Gotta wait a year. All right, so we gotta move. We got the movie coming up. So obviously everybody knows what's number one. This is from 1980. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, where his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Jack Torrance, yes. Forebodings. Jack Torrance in The Shining. No charge to Mr. Torrance. No charge? Your money's no good here. Orders from the house. Orders from the house. Drink up, Mr. Thomas. 
I'm the kind of man likes to know who's buying their drinks, Lloyd. You're always a good one, Lloyd. That's just one of the uh, the small moments where alcoholism plays into The Shining, but it, it's prevalent throughout the film. Momentary lapse of muscular control. <laughs> Excuse me. And, you know, actually, though, when you pinpoint the, the, the uh, theme of alcoholism, I can kind of see, as much as I love this movie, and I do, and everybody probably knows by now the criticism that Stephen King has of this movie, but I can kind of see it a little bit when he talks about how he didn't like that, that, that Torrance seemed crazy from the start you know he wanted more of a slow a slow descent i can kind of see that point although i still love the movie and love mm -hmm. everything about it mm -hmm. but uh, i guess i can kind of see that but the fact that he falls you know off the off the wagon here back in the bar i mean that's such a pivotal point in the movie oh yeah and no, he's, he's pushed that way by you know the lloyd and lloyd. The, and the other ghouls yeah <laughs> the other ghouls <laughs> it is such a great scene and in the first scene with lloyd when you don't have the rest of the people behind him yeah. and you don't have the uh, this song i mean everything about this movie is really meticulously made of course because kubrick is meticulous if nothing else but all of the scenes in the bar in the gold room mm -hmm. they're so gorgeous they're so creepy and um, we both tended Barr for a long time. So Lloyd, for a long time, he'd been my favorite character in this movie forever. Yeah, Lloyd is great. Yeah. Lloyd and I patterned my bartending after Oh, Lloyd. I'm sure you did. Yes. So did I as I was bartending down the street, what used to be called the street scene, and we were macing people and throwing them out into the street. I was thinking of Lloyd at yeah. the time as here well. Is something, here is something that no customer of mine ever said. He peed. <laughs> George can't say the same. No, not at all. But Just pointed at somebody else at the bar. He peed. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but uh, that's a good point between having people in the bar mm -hmm. and ha when it's just Lloyd yeah. and and uh, Mr. Torrance. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a good line of where you know the, the the madness kicks in and the ghouls kick in. But there's so many things to to dive into and to uh, spotlight about The Shining, as many people have. Yeah. This movie's been made about it. And, the, and you know, the thing about Dr. Sleep is that, and for a second, you know, Dan Torrance was going to be on this list as well because, of course, he is a recovering alcoholic in the entire film. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, his dad is Lloyd when he goes into the So it's fascinating to me. I, I mean, I know that you're a bigger fan of the film Dr. Sleep than I am, but I really like the way that they kind of... You know, they really worked, Mike Flanagan really worked to, I think, respect the original film. Yeah, I think he did about, about as good of a job as really as you, as you could expect. And I think back when we saw the uh, director's cut, added a little, a few, a mm -hmm. few uh, minutes to it. I thought it's a pretty good job. But uh, that is number one, of course, Drunks, Alcoholics in Horror. It is Jack Torrance from The Shining in 1980. Okay, that is number one. So, yeah, we are up against it. We're going to show uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow here in just a couple of minutes uh but we're going to look ahead to our 10th uh, 10th anniversary our 10th anniversary next month, right here at gateway film center so we're going to bring more super cool prizes we got more to give away next month and we're going to show the black cat yeah we've been trying yeah we've been trying to show this gorgeous black and white super amazing film with uh with bill lugosi and Boris Karloff together. It's such a weird movie and so gorgeous. We've been trying to show it forever and ever, and we're very excited. We're going to do it on January, um, and we're going to do some other. We're going to give away some prizes. Yeah. We're going uh, to have some dancing ladies, some yeah, elephants. Train seals, the train whole seals. bit. Hey, yeah. Debbie, come on in. A so, lot, hey, a lot going on. Deb, make sure, you get a, make sure you get a, a, a raffle ticket before we give away the, uh, the prize. We'll do that at the end of the movie here because we got swag. We got swag to give away. Okay, uh, again, come down afterwards, and uh, we'll talk about the film, what you thought. Okay, we'll catch up then, 
And uh, I think it's time. Uh, Stan, yeah, Stan's up there. So roll it, and we'll see you about an hour and a half. Thank you. All right, let's talk about the Wolf of Snow Hollow. I think we've all known the horror of 11 new emails. And we're not. <laughs> we like? Yeah. Yay. Jim Cummings is a national treasure. He really is. He's so, he's just so, he's such a dumbass. <laughs> like in the best way, he's like so good at being a dumbass. Yeah. And he's just, I think for me, I think he's, he's the best since Sam Kinison at yelling. I just love to hear him <laughs> yell at people. And I didn't notice until, this is again, like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. I didn't notice how pronounced in this movie his canine teeth are. I, I did. Which is have, obviously very appropriate. I have a, I have a teeth fixation. You do. Yeah. I do. And, um, yeah, the first time I saw Jim Cummings ever, I'm like, oh, I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. You know, and one thing I do want to say, because in this whole in this whole topic, we're not making fun of alcoholism at all. No. I mean, my brother is an alcoholic. I've seen firsthand how hard it is. And he's been sober for years, and I give mad respect to anyone who is dealing with that. So n not at all. We don't want to make fun of this. And... You know, it's one of the, the things where in, in horror movies or a movie like this, it's a metaphor. You know, you, you can see it in this, in, in werewolf movie, of he says, I was a monster. Mm -hmm. You know, that's clearly making the, the line a, a metaphor in this movie. And yes. we see it in many movies. Yeah, I think that um, I think that this film is more empathetic. I think that we talked about the habit for a second about the metaphor of addiction and in that film vampirism. I think that this movie is so much more because it's very much from the point of view of somebody who is trying and failing to overcome addiction. I think that is much more empathetic uh, perspective on addiction. This movie is. And also, it's a really funny, very scary werewolf movie. And werewolf movies, when they're done well, are the best of all movies. Oh, I love, obviously, I think, my, well, my last name, maybe I'm predisposed to loving mm -hmm. werewolf movies. Mm -hmm. But I do. And, you know, the, the shot there... Against, when they show it. Yes. When they show the werewolf yes. the first time with, in, in all of its height. You know, love uh, it. And, and, you know, so many really great werewolf movies, that's where they fall. It's like, oh, that, that doesn't look good. But when they showed it, it was it's creepy looking. And it's yeah. so big and it's very realistic. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a very cool looking movie. I mean, all the way through, it's a very cool looking movie. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, Jim Cummings has also said in interviews about, he was... He was uh, influenced in this movie by the FBI uh, detective, uh, John Douglas, that was used. His writings it was also a very big part of The Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Uh, and you can see when they, in the reveal at the end, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. very yeah. Silence of the Lambs, yes. is it not? Yeah, two different per perspectives yes. coming to the same place at the same time, yes. Very much so. Yeah. We'd love to, get, uh, love to get comments. I know you have one. A <laughs> uh, little bit of love for Boo at the beginning uh, yeah. with the swerve on the seven-year uh, badge and why she didn't give it up uh, when she did. Won't say too much since case somebody hadn't seen it, but that was a nice swerve. Nice. I, like, I, I love Ricky Holm as uh, Julia, by the way. Yeah, Ricky Lindholm. Yeah, yeah she, she is great. She is great. And, I, and thank you yes, very much thank for, you bringing for bringing up, that up. Uh, uh, yeah, Rockefeller Abergel's really great short film, Boo. It's such a fun movie. It is so well made. And as we were talking about, we've seen it a number of times. But mm. the effects, like the the, yes. the effects, and we're not going to give anything away, as you said, 
but it, it's so well done. Yeah, it is so well done. And, and some of you may know Rakafet because she's she's been to uh, Nightmares, Nightmares Film Festival. Yeah, she's a it's, Nightmares alum. Yeah, it really is a well done short, and all of her all of her stuff is. So we were glad to be able to show that. And yeah, it fits she in. has something coming up called Still, Still that uh-huh. I am so eager to see. I'm very excited to see. Uh, when I was working at Gateway. Um, uh, it was the same year that Rockefeller showed um, Boo for Nightmares Film Festival. Um, I remember um, I had to work it every single day, but I wanted to see at least one thing from the festival. And I couldn't think of it for the life of me. And then she approached me and she goes, hey, are you coming to see my short? And I'm like, sure. Like, So I got a ticket right away, saw it, and I think it was the first short in the block and I remember by the end of it, everyone was just cheering at the end. Nice. And deservedly so. It was a, it's a well-made short. It's so good. It really That's is. That's a great yeah. story. Thank, Thank you, you for, for that. sharing yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, we were so glad to be able to add it to this because uh, obviously it's, it's, it's a great short and it fit so well. So, yeah, the, uh, the effects are good. You know, the jump cuts are very good. It's yeah. just well produced and well acted. She's also a very she, good, she's very, a very good actor. She's a very good actor. So yeah. she wrote and directed it, but obviously, and she's the lead. She's a very good actor as well. Yeah. Anybody else comments on the movie tonight? Come on down. Come on down. We got to get you on the podcast. Um, cause what one thing that this movie does that all of my uh, favorite movies do is cause not only is it a work where it's you know a lot of symbolism, it's a metaphor for something, but with this film, the way that it's shot, like it, the way it's edited and filmed, and if you pay attention to the music, it all serves the metaphor of John's inner turmoil and his journey as a character. Like even the small details like the technical details you don't normally think about when watching a film. It's all, it serves where you get the sense of John's character, you know, the turmoil and distress and is not positive ways of dealing with said stress. Well, yeah, that's, that's so true. And we said that many times in talking about movies that in good directors, nothing is left to chance. But also, you think about something, there's a reason it's there. And I think that's what you're you're speaking to. But I I also think that's especially true when it's the same writer and director. I mean, uh, the fact that he's the star is almost beside the point, right? The person who wrote it directed it and made all the decisions about what you're going to see and why you're going to see them. And I think that's one of the reasons that the whole thing plays as well as it does. Exactly right. Um, I think Jim Cummings does an excellent job playing all these uh, flawed individuals, whether it's uh, in this movie, whether it's in Thunder Road, and also in the beta test. Love beta test. Like, he's like his characters that he plays are flawed, but also you kind of like feel sorry for them in a way. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. You you root for him, and one of the things I love about his movies is that he begin he's still a fuck up at the end. Like I really <laughs> admire that about his movies. Yeah, because Julie deserved to be sheriff. She was yeah. doing the detective yeah, she work. <laughs> she was covering his ass the whole time. And so, yeah, that's only right that she was sheriff. Uh, so this is my second time seeing the movie. And so uh, since I knew a lot was going to happen, I was like kind of trying to play, pay attention to some plot threads a little bit more. I really like the writing and how it just feels like this very stressful collision of all these different things happening at the same time. And somewhere in the middle, there is a murder mystery that they never bother solving because it at the end it doesn't really matter because like he clearly had a motive and there's some kind of mystery about how I think there's a hint that like all of the women went to the same school or something if you're paying attention but they never they never bother and it's not bad writing it's clearly intentional it's just that that ultimately doesn't really matter well and then they do have that conversation in the car about women uh throughout the ages and where (laughs) He says, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that that comes into play with what you're talking about. But yeah, but but that that is a good point. But you're right. From the very beginning, they really do. He lays out for you who did it and why they did it. There's, you know, there's evidence. We're looking at files. I mean, everything. And somebody says, uh, my six-year-old could have could have solved this crime. They really, I mean, the film does tell you who did it and why they did it really fairly consistently throughout the film. But still, I mean, we don't we don't catch on to it any sooner than he does as he's standing there in the kitchen and any sooner than the actual detective who is smart does <laughs> once she gets that last piece of evidence. It does, it works. It, and I think you're right. Uh, in the end, I, I mean, it's brilliant writing because in the end what they're saying is it doesn't really matter why they did it. We know why they did. We know why this happens. We know why this happens all the time. But I, I think that's a great point. And still, in dealing with those serious topics and the trauma and the alcoholism and all that, it still finds a way to be funny. It's very and funny, really funny in a, in a lot of in a lot of areas. And that's a tough, you know, tightrope to walk. And it looks great. It does look great. This is another thing about uh, when we talked about how it being kind of a uh, remake of uh, Thunder Road with with werewolves and also with a lot more money. I mean, yeah. obviously he got a lot more budget because the production values of this stepped up a class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks fantastic. Well, thank you for all that. Great comments, and we're glad you enjoyed the film. And uh, we are looking forward to next month, January the 12th. That's right. We are going to be back for the 10th anniversary. 10th. How did that happen? A Fry Club, yeah. We're going to show, finally, we're going to show Black Cat. Our, our, a classic. We cannot wait, and that's that's going to be great. We're going to bring some more prizes, and we're going to give away tonight's prizes here in just a second. So, uh, anything else? We're looking forward to that. I think that's all. We shot a short film, by the way, last yeah. weekend. We did. Tyrone helped. So that'll be something that we show in the future of yeah. Fright Club. That'll be one of the shorts that we show in the future. It's called Basement Buddy, but we uh, we just yeah. shot it last weekend, and so four, we still have some. Four out of the five cast members were kids. Yes. So we're going to come in here and let them see their own short film, and then we'll say, you got to go. You got to go. Because uh, then we're going to show. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out. We got something scary to watch. But that was fun. So that'll all be uh, coming up. So we hope to see you back here in January. And we'll have this. uh, Well, actually, no, because since we're leaving for (coughs) Florida Sunday morning, we're going to get this uh, edited and live tomorrow. It's Uh, kind that you say we. Okay, me. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get it up live tomorrow. So check it out. And uh, you can find us on all the the normal channels. Madwolf.com is the main website. Also the socials, um, at uh, at Madwolf on Twitter. Madwolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram and threads. Oh, and don't forget, the you didn't even have to prompt me this time. That's right. I, I could just tell she was staring me. I was staring a hole in my head. The Fright Club podcast. Facebook group. Be sure to join. We'd love to have you for We're not We're also on Blue Sky. Oh, I forgot about Fright Blue Sky. Fright Club is on Blue Sky, so you, you find take us care there. of that. I haven't even I, looked at it. I know. You I take just, care of that. We yeah, kind I of do. we kind of divide the social media to try to divide and conquer, and she's got the Blue Sky. So yeah, it's like what we all do with that. chores at home. We just divide and conquer. That's right. That's right. I so, have not washed a dish, and I don't know how long. <laughs> So keep in touch. Thank you for all this. We hope to see you uh, back in January. And until then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. 